Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 87 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 170 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended February 15th, 2020. Welcome. This week, unchecked by checks and balances, Trump continued his retaliation tour unabashedly, showcasing his will to control the Justice Department. After career prosecutors made recommendations for sentencing, his longtime associate Roger Stone, which were overridden by the DOJ, a mass exodus ensued, nicknamed the Tuesday Massacre. And I joked somewhat flippantly, We're running out of days to have massacres. There's been so many with this regime. Trump also flexed his political will by deploying the Department of Homeland Security to impose measures on so-called sanctuary cities and more. We're going to be talking about all these stories this week as Trump unshackled does what he pretty much pleases. And our Senate Republicans giving him the benefit of the doubt were fooled again or I'm not sure they were fooled. I think they knew it was coming and they just didn't have the courage to stand up to him. And so here we are. We start off the week with some unusual stories before we get into the uh, playing out of what happened in the DOJ, which is really the main story of this week. So let's just talk about some of the big wave stories that caught my eye this week. On Thursday, a Washington Post analysis found Trump's words are being used by children as young as six years old to bully classmates, mimicking his racist and xenophobic rhetoric and the cruel way he delivers it. The Post reported that of the 28,000 news stories found, at least three quarters of the attacks were directed at kids who are Hispanic, Black, or Muslim. Students have also been victimized because they support Trump, but that was only 14%. Trump's rhetoric at campaign rallies, including phrases like send him back to Mexico and ban Muslims, has been used by students or school staff members to harass students more than 300 times, at least from newspaper articles a Post found since early 2016. We're going to talk about a couple of those type of stories as we do every week uh, as we get into this week's episode. Another story worth noting, on Tuesday, WNYC reported the National Archives allowed Immigration and Customs Enforcement to destroy or delete documents detailing sexual abuse and death of undocumented immigrants back in 2017. A Columbia University professor noted the exception was allowed by archivists despite tens of thousands of people posting critical comments and dozens of senators and representatives objecting. The National Archives and the Interior Department have also quietly deleted files on endangered species, offshore drilling inspection, and the safety of drinking water. So again, something we started talking about in week one of the weekly list, disappearing information, another hallmark of authoritarianism. Now we're going to get into the week. On Saturday, speaking at a Malay- at Malaysian in Malaysia at the third conference of the League of Parliamentarians for Al-Quds, when asked about his advice for Trump, the prime minister said he should resign. On Saturday, the New York Times reported a handful of Republican senators tried to stop Trump from firing Gordon Sunland as the U.S. ambassador to the EU, but Trump moved ahead last Friday anyway. The senators encouraged Trump to let Sunland leave on his own terms, 
arguing he would look bad to fire him. That Sullen was already in talks with senior officials about leaving after the Senate trial. So again, this is, is how we open the week and how important it is that the senators, by not holding Trump to account in the impeachment hearing, now he doesn't listen to them. Now he's not beholden to anybody. There are no checks and balances anymore. When State Department officials called Sunland Friday to tell him to resign, he resisted, saying he did not want to be included in a larger purge. Sunland said Trump would have to fire him, which Trump then did. On Saturday, CNN reported National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien is expected to make major cuts to the National Security Council as soon as this week. Sources say O'Brien was waiting for impeachment to be over. On Saturday, Trump retweeted a clip of Fox News host Jeanine Pirro calling for Senator Mitt Romney to be removed from office, saying, quote, how about you get the hell out of the United, Senate, United States Senate? On Sunday, Trump spent the day tweeting at his perceived enemies in a long, day-long tweet storm of 52 tweets and retweets. Trump also retweeted the Time Magazine cover video of him being reelected forever for the third time in four days. Trump blamed New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio for a weekend shooting of New York Police Department officers, tweeting, because of their, quote, lack of support, our wonderful NYC police are under assault. Trump tweeted, quote, Romney hurt some very good Republican senators, and he was wrong about the impeachment hoax. No clue, in response to a Wall Street Journal op-ed that Romney's voice hurt other Republicans, vote hurt other Republicans running in 2020. Trump also retweeted far-right allegations about Romney's connections to Ukrainian gas company Burisma and Hunter Biden, noting one of the senior advisors to his 2012 campaign was a board member for the company. Trump retweeted a random follower saying, quote, Romney is covering up his part in corruption in Ukraine. This has nothing to do with truth or God. He is a desperate man. The truth will come out. Trump also again attacked Senator Joe Manchin, tweeting, quote, they are really mad at Senator Joe Munchkin, assigning him a derogatory nickname, saying, quote, he couldn't understand the transcripts. Trump also attacked red state Senator Doug Jones, tweeting, quote, so good to see that Republicans will be winning the great state of Alabama Senate seat back, saying, quote, he cast a partisan vote for the impeachment hoax. On Sunday, White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham told Fox Business networks are refusing to give Trump airtime after a good week. Notably, it has been 11 months since the last White House daily press briefing as White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham has yet to hold a single one. On Sunday, Trump ally Representative Devin Nunes told Fox Business he threatened to refer Justice Department Inspector General Michael Atkinson to the DOJ for not providing requested documents on the whistleblower complaint. Nunes added of the NSC, quote, I have been saying for a long time he would be best to take all of those people, ship them across the Potomac, put them, quarantine them, get them the hell away from the White House. That's what Devin Nunes said about the National Security Council. On Sunday, Trump ally Senator Lindsey Graham told Face the Nation that he would, quote, get to the bottom of failures in the process for obtaining FISA warrants and vowed to reform the system at the urging of Trump. Graham also said he spoke to Attorney General William Barr that morning and Barr had, quote, created a process for Rudy Giuliani to send the dirt he dug up on the Bidens in Ukraine to the DOJ, quote, and they would see if it's verified. 
Graham also said Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman's reassignment was justified and suggested he have, made, have been part of a plot against Trump, working directly with a whistleblower to bring the Ukraine scandal to light. Just before Graham's appearance, Trump tweeted, quote, Deface the nation will tell Lindsey Graham that he must start up judiciary and not stop until the job is done. Clean up D.C. Now last chance. Trump also tweeted, quote, FBI Director Christopher Wray just admitted that the FISA warrants and surveillance of my campaign were illegal, adding in capital letters. The whole scam investigation was a fixed hoax. Trump also tweeted that we had a fun Sunday. Who pays the price in capital letters? Say, adding, quote, this is the biggest political crime in American history by far. And then in capital letters again, simply put, the party in power illegally spied on my campaign. Again, that's a false statement. Trump also attacked election analyst Larry Sabato randomly, tweeting he, quote, got it all wrong last time, never came close to understanding the Trump voter, adding in a second tweet, he doesn't have a clue. So that was fun on Sunday. On Monday, Trump tweeted, quote, we'll be in Manchester, New Hampshire tonight for a big rally, adding, quote, want to shake up the Dems a little. They have really boring deal going on and, quote, big crowds in Manchester. Trump also falsely tweeted 95% approval rating in the Republican Party and 53% overall, claiming it was because corrupt Democrat politicians and, quote, thank you, Nancy. Of course, those numbers are, again, just random numbers that he doesn't seem to add any polls to, but we're getting used to that. Trump also tweeted, quote, because of how badly they did with the impeachment hoax, AOC will primary crying Chuck Schumer and win, adding, quote, Pelosi will lose the House again. My poll numbers, great. On Monday, CNN reported that before they were fired, both Sondland and Vindman were planning their exits, but that Trump did not want them to go quietly. An advisor to Trump told CNN the firings were meant to send a message that siding against Trump will not be tolerated, calling it, quote, flushing out the pipes and adding, quote, it was necessary. On Monday, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer sent a letter to all 74 federal government inspector generals requesting investigations into, quote, any and all instances of retaliation against impeachment inquiry witnesses. Schumer also called on the IGs to protect whistleblowers, writing, quote, These attacks are part of a dangerous growing pattern of retaliation against those who report wrongdoing, only to find themselves targeted by Trump. On Sunday, Matt Schlapp, chair of the Conservative Political Action Committee, said Romney would be excluded from its conference, citing, quote, I would actually be afraid for his physical safety. People are so mad at him. On Monday, the Louisiana Republican Party voted to censure Romney by voice votes without mentioning his impeachment vote. The same group refused to censure former Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke 30 years ago. So this is an example of Trump, not only himself, but having his allies also retaliate. On Monday, the Daily Caller claimed the White House has identified the anonymous official behind the New York Times editorial and re- recently released book, and that official will be fired as part of the NSC layoffs. On Monday, BuzzFeed reported, according to a memo obtained, the Department of Homeland Security is considering plans to reward, quote, friendly states, which turn over information to federal immigration authorities, which might otherwise be inaccessible. 
The memo also included retaliation against states that limit access to records like New York, such as closing down DHS offices, refusing to accept their state identifications, cutting TSA pre-check services, and more. So again, Trump is using his DHS to retaliate against states. On Monday, the New York Times reported the DOJ filed lawsuits against California, New Jersey, and Washington state as part of a, quote, significant escalation to fight sanctuary cities' refusal to cooperate with federal immigration authorities. On Friday, the New York Times reported the Trump regime will deploy law officials, tactical units, from the southern border to sanctuary cities like New York and Chicago to boost enforcement power of local ICE officials. These Enforcement tactical units are basically tanks and other highly trained individuals, and they're going to be leaving the southern border and going to major cities around our country that are resisting Trump, these so-called sanctuary cities. The specially trained officers are also expected to be sent to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Houston, Boston, New Orleans, Detroit, and Newark. New Jersey as part of the secret operation, which is no longer secret, thanks to the New York Times. The effort is part of Trump's crackdown on localities that have refused to cooperate in handing over immigration tar- immigrants targeted for deportation to federal authorities. Deployment will run from February through May. A spokesperson for Customs and Border Protection confirmed 100 officers will be deployed, quote, in order to enhance the integrity of the immigration system, protect public safety, and threaten our national security. So, folks, this should frighten everyone. Trump is sending equipped military to these cities. Lord knows what's going to happen next with that, but keep an eye on that story. That is an important story this week. And again, another example of his retaliation, the retribution tour, the retaliation tour, whatever you want to call it, he is ramping things up. On Monday, a Quinnipiac poll found by a a score of 55 to 40, people believe the Senate voting to acquit Trump does not clear him of any wrongdoing, while 59% believe the impeachment trial was conducted unfairly, 35% do not. On Tuesday, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky fired his chief of staff and promoted Andrei Yermak, a senior aide who negotiated with Rudy Giuliani last summer over possibly opening investigations. Yermak replaced it Andrei Bodan, a former lawyer for an oligarch who was opposed by Giuliani. The shakeup appeared to be primarily related to a growing, growing clash between Zelensky and that oligarch. On Tuesday, Senate Republicans blocked three election-related bills. All three were blocked by Senator Marsha Blackburn, who accused Democrats of advancing the bills for fundraising fodder. So again, with We've been talking in recent weeks, we've been talking for the last years since we started this list about Russian interference in 2020. Here were three more bills that were making their way to the Senate floor, and all three were blocked again by Republicans, even as we're reporting each week about actual interference happening. Two bills would have required campaigns to alert the FBI and Federal Election Commission about offers of foreign assistance. We know Trump wouldn't want that. And a third would have provided more election funding and banned voting machines connected to the Internet. On Saturday, Metropolitan Police in D.C. escorted, this is now the everyday racism, sexism, homophobia section. On Saturday, Metropolitan Police in D.C. escorted more than 100 masked members of white nationalist group Patriot Freedom who were shouting, Reclaim America through the National Mall. There were no threats, excuse me, no arrests. 
On Monday, a federal judge in Maryland ordered ICE to release immigrants who were arrested and detained during marriage interviews. The case was filed by six couples who accused ICE of luring in immigrants who were seeking legal status based on marriages to become U.S. citizens and then detaining and seeking to deport them. On Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee voted 2210 to rescind Trump's ex- expanded travel ban and rein in his authority to issue such travel restrictions. The bill is not expected to clear the Senate. On Wednesday, students at Nicholas Sen High School in Chicago held a sit-in to protest a teacher who allegedly told a Latino student who did not stand for the national anthem to, quote, go back to your country. If you recall last week, we talked about Trump fooling around during the national anthem during the Super Bowl, and that was captured on video by a Russian who was selling real estate in Florida. But anyway, but... Here we go. On Thursday, a high school basketball game in California ended with fans of the visiting team yelling xenophobic taunts of, where's your passport? Where's your passport at players from Puerto Rico and France? So again, the opening story this week about the bullying going on at schools and how people are mimicking Trump. Here's two examples. Go back to your country. Where's your passport? Where do you think this is coming from? Now, going back to some of the other things happening with the Trump regime. On Monday, Trump proposed sweeping cuts to foreign aid and the safety net programs, including changing work requirements for Medicaid and food stamps and tightening eligibility rules for federal disability benefits. On Monday, the Star Tribune reported a document obtained revealed revisions to the Bureau of Land Management's planning process under which environmental study requirements would be removed. On Monday, Reuters reported the DOJ Employee Union filed a whistleblower complaint with the department's inspector general over anti-human trafficking grants. The complaint noted two Tier 1 nonprofits were denied funding, and funding was instead granted to two Tier 2 groups, one called Hookers for Jesus, and that was trending on Twitter. The other was Lincoln Tubman Foundation. Uh, these were not recommended by career DOJ officials. So somebody knows somebody. On Monday, while hosting governors at the White House, Trump told reporters he spoke to Chinese President Xi Jinping on coronavirus, and Yi told him, quote, the heat, generally speaking, kills this kind of virus. On Monday, the virus had killed at least 910 people in China after the country tried to hide the outbreak. The Centers for Disease Control reported there have been 12 cases so far in the U.S., but none have died. Trump suggested he would like to model the U.S. criminal justice system after China as well, saying, quote, countries with a powerful death penalty with a fair but quick trial, they have very little, if any, drug problems. That includes China, which is also an authoritarian regime. On Monday, Reuters reported the U.S. military disclosed more than 100 U.S. troops have been diagnosed with brain injuries that resulted from the Iran missile strike, more than double what was most recently reported. On Monday, when asked about the head trauma in an interview with Fox Business, Trump said, quote, that exists, but you know, I view it a little bit differently than most, and I won't be changing my mind. Just a reminder, after the after Iran did strike that base, Trump went on public TV, national TV, to the American people and said there were no injuries. We now know there were 109 and counting. On Sunday, in an unusual Sunday morning filing, the U.S. Attorney General's office in D.C. suggested they would delay 
Michael Flynn's February 27th sentencing, seek to delay it, to allow testimony from his former lawyers, notably Brandon Von Grack, a former member of the Robert Mueller team, who had been the lead attorney on Flynn's case, was not a signatory to the filing submitted Sunday. So that was the first thing on Sunday that was kind of weird, like, hmm, why all of a sudden is the U.S. Attorney's Office switching positions? We've already talked about this office switching from asking for jail time to not asking for jail time. Now they're asking to give him additional time to prove his old attorney was at fault. That was strange. So that was Sunday. Also strange that Brandon Von Greck, who we've heard about before from the Mueller's team, dropped off and didn't sign that submission. On Monday, AP reported Attorney General Barr confirmed what Senator Graham said Sunday, noting the DOJ is in fact taking information that Giuliani is gathering in Ukraine about Joe and Hunter Biden. Barr added, we have to be very careful with respect to any information coming from Ukraine, you think? Uh, There are a lot of agendas in Ukraine, a lot of cross currents, and we cannot take information at face value. On Monday, the Washington Post reported federal prosecutors recommended in a filing that Roger Stone get seven to nine years in prison time for lying to Congress and tampering with a witness in the Mueller probe. So that was Monday, seven to nine years. The sentencing recommendation came after days of debate within the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C., coming out at the high end. Stone is the sixth Trump associate convicted and the last indicted in the Mueller probe. On Tuesday, just before 2 a.m., Trump tweeted at on Stone, quote, This is a horrible and very unfair situation. The real crimes were on the other side, as nothing happens to them. Cannot allow this miscarriage of justice. Hours later, a senior DOJ official said the department plans to reduce its sentencing recommendation for Stone, saying officials were, quote, shocked to see the sentencing recommendation in the Stone case last night. The official also told the Post, the department finds the recommendations extreme and excessive and disproportionate to Stone's offenses. The department will clarify its position later today. The DOJ also submitted a second sentencing memo to the judge, calling for a sentence, quote, far less, saying it would, quote, be reasonable under any circumstances without making a specific recommendation. Shortly after, Aaron Zielinski, a former, former prosecutor from Mueller's office who was still on the Stone case, filed a notice to withdraw from the case. By the end of the day, all four career prosecutors handling the case against Stone withdrew from legal proceedings. Two were part of Mueller's team. Zielinski also said he would leave his assignment in the D.C. office. Later Tuesday, when asked by reporters about Stone, Trump said, quote, I have not been involved in it at all, adding, quote, I didn't speak to them, and calling the initial recommendation a, quote, insult to our country. Trump also said, quote, that was a horrible aberration. These are, I guess, the same people, Mueller people, that put everybody through hell, and I think it's a disgrace, adding, quote, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Trump also called Romney a, quote, disgrace for voting to convict him and during the event told Utah Governor Gary Herbert, quote, you keep him, we don't want him. Despite Trump's continued attacks, Politico reported Romney's fellow Senate Republicans are not turning against him despite his vote and that Romney has gotten back to voting to support Trump's agenda. Shortly after, 
Axios reported Trump withdrew his nomination for former U.S. Attorney General for D.C., Jesse Liu, to serve as the Treasury Department's Undersecretary for Terrorism and Financial Crimes. Liu stepped down from head of the U.S. Attorney for D.C. office in January after Trump nominated her and was replaced, we talked about this, in Week 168 by one of Attorney General Barr's closest advisors, Timothy Shea. She had previously overseen cases for Stone, Flynn, Rick Gates, and others, and now Attorney General's close advisor, Timothy Shea, is overseeing those. And that's why we have all these things happening. Flynn, we talked about Sunday. Stone, we talked about Monday, Tuesday. See what's happening here, folks? On Tuesday, NBC News reported Jesse Liu, who had been the U.S. Attorney for D.C., as we talked about, was abruptly removed by A.G. Barr last month as part of Barr's move to take control of legal matters of interest to Trump. Officials told NBC this was not the first time Barr had intervened, noting the reduced sentencing request for Flynn and Barr aides taking over the criminal investigation into former FBI Director Andrew McCabe. Schumer said of the DOJ Inspector General, asked the DOJ Inspector General to investigate, saying, quote, the situation has all the indicia of improper political interference in a criminal prosecution. Former Attorney General Eric Holder called it unprecedented, wrong, and dangerous. Later, Trump tweeted, quote, four prosecutors, Mueller people, who ran and cut after being exposed for an investigation that was, quote, illegal, the Mueller scam, and shouldn't ever have been started. 13 angry Democrats? Trump also quoted a tweet that GOJ officials were shocked to see the sentencing recommendation, adding, quote, all starting to unravel with a ridiculous nine-year sentence recommendation. Trump also criticized the judge in Roger Stone's case, tweeting, quote, Is this the judge that put Paul Manafort in, capital letters, solitary confinement? Something that not even mobster Al Capone had to endure. How did she treat crooked Hillary Clinton? All right, so now Trump's attacking a federal judge. Trump also quoted a tweet saying, quote, Raise your hand if you believe it's time for a full pardon for Roger Stone and Michael Flynn. And Trump added to that, prosecutorial misconduct. On Tuesday, the Wall Street Journal reported the DOJ is nearing a final decision on whether to charge Eric Prince for allegedly lying to Congress and violating U.S. export laws in his business dealings overseas. We can guess where that is going. Later Tuesday, Trump held his first campaign rally since being acquitted in New Hampshire on the day of the primary up in New Hampshire. Trump's crowds erupted into chants of lock her up as he opened the rally. Trump said of Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi ripping up his speech last week, quote, I'm speaking and a woman is mumbling terribly behind me, angry, adding, quote, we're the ones who should be angry and credited her for his rising poll numbers. Trump, who held the rally to draw attention away from the Democratic primary, Said the candidates running, quote, my only problem is I'm trying to figure out who is the weakest candidate. I think they're all weak. Trump also said Democrats, quote, want to destroy our countryside, put windmills all over them. Watch your house go down in value. Quote, you want to see a bird graveyard, go to the bottom of a windmill. Trump again in his windmills. Trump said of the coronavirus, they're working hard. Looks like by April, you know, in theory, when it gets a little warmer, it miraculously goes away. 
adding, quote, we only have 11 cases and they're all getting better. Again, this is information he got from the Chinese president, uh, which China had hid this disease from its people. And at the point as we started this week, close to a thousand were already dead. Trump, who toggled from reading the teleprompter and going off script, read a poem called The Snake about a woman who was bitten by a pet snake, saying it represented the threat of undocumented immigrants. Trump also falsely claimed, quote, we are protecting people with pre-existing conditions and we always will. That again is false. Quote, we should have some really dirty, horrible people. We should impeach, of all things, President Obama. Trump also repeated a false claim about the 2016 election in New Hampshire, saying, quote, we should have won the election, but they had buses being shipped in from Massachusetts. Hundreds, hundreds of buses. Shortly after, Ellen Weintraub, the FEC commissioner, tweeted, quote, no, New Hampshire, there were no busloads of illegal voters in your state in 2016. It just didn't happen. Weintraub also tweeted, quote, we need to address democracy's real problems, foreign interference, disinformation, voter suppression, strains on our institutions, adding, quote, facts matter, truth matters. Trump also insulted his Democratic competitors, saying, quote, Elizabeth Warren sometimes referred to as Pocahontas as having a really bad night. I think she is sending signals that she wants out. Trump also tweeted, quote, impeachment King Steyer, how did that work out? Spent $200 million, got little support in Iowa and New Hampshire, adding, quote, could it be that something is just plain missing? Trump also tweeted, a very bad night for Mini Mike, and Buttigieg, which is spelling his name, is doing pretty well tonight, giving Crazy Bernie a run for his money. Very interesting. Late Tuesday... Trump complained about the media coverage of the primary and Democrats' record turnout, tweeting, quote, the fake news media is looking hard for big Democrat stories, but there is nothing too fabulous. Trump, who had basically ran unopposed, also tweeted, quote, wouldn't a big story be that I got more present New Hampshire primary votes than any incumbent president in either party in the history of the great state. On Wednesday in the early morning, Trump was still going, tweeting and complaining about, quote, fake news, CNN and MSDNC have not surprisingly refused to talk about my record-setting number of votes in New Hampshire and in Iowa. Trump also tweeted, quote, congratulations to Attorney General Bill Barr for taking charge of a case that was totally out of control, despite retelling reporters on Tuesday that he did not ask the DOJ for a reduced sentence for Stone. Trump also tweeted of Stone's case, quote, perhaps should not even have been brought, falsely claiming the Mueller scam was improperly brought and tainted. Even Mueller, Robert Mueller, lied to Congress. The White House had no explanation when asked by the Times for what Trump was referring to with his allegations that Mueller lied to Congress. Trump also quoted Tucker Carlson on Fox and Friends, tweeting, quote, two months in jail for a swamp creature. Yet nine years recommendation for Roger Stone. That sounds very fair. Rogue prosecution, maybe? The swamp. On Wednesday, CNBC reported, according to a newly unsealed court filing, U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson, who's presiding over the Stone case, rejected his previous request for a new trial last week, with Stone citing she rejected his previous request to strike a juror. 
Stone claimed the juror, quote, should have been removed for bias because they are employed at a division of the IRS that works, works hand in hand with the DOJ. Berman said there was nothing in the questionnaire to back that. Shortly after, Trump told re- reporters prosecutors ought to go back to school and learn. Asked if he would pardon Stone, he said, I don't want to say, but people were hurt viciously and badly by these corrupt people. Trump, appearing alongside President Lenin Moreno of Ecuador, added, quote, I want to thank the Justice Department, and I didn't even speak to them, by the way. They saw the horribleness of the nine-year sentence for doing nothing. Trump added, quote, you look at what happened, how people were hurt, their lives were destroyed, and nothing happened with all the people that did it and launched the scam, mentioning familiar targets, James Comey, Peter Strzok, and Lisa Page. When asked what lesson he learned from impeachment, Trump said, quote, that the Democrats are crooked. They've got a lot of crooked things going. They're vicious. They shouldn't have brought impeachment. On Wednesday, Michael Caputo, a former Trump associate and friend of Stone, said a petition for Trump to pardon Stone had 120,000 signatures claiming, quote, Stone was targeted by dirty cops. On Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee announced Attorney General Barr is scheduled to testify in front of the panel on March 31st after taking the unusual step of intervening in Stone's case. The committee said in a statement, Barr will, quote, address numerous concerns regarding his leadership of the Department of Justice and the president's improper influence over the department and our criminal justice system. On Wednesday, in a speech at Georgetown University, Marie Yovanovitch warned that, quote, right now the State Department is in trouble, saying the department is being hollowed and senior leaders lack moral clarity. Yovanovitch added, quote, we need to re-empower our diplomats to do their jobs. We can't be afraid to share our expertise or challenge false assumptions. And that international institutions need, quote, a reboot, not a boot. She received a standing ovation. On Wednesday, Senator Lindsey Graham again argued to publicly expose the identity of the whistleblower, telling reporters, quote, I'm very concerned that there are people who basically have had a political agenda and acted on it. Later Wednesday, Trump told reporters he did nothing wrong in the Stone case, saying, quote, I didn't speak to them, that being the DOJ officials. By the way, just so you understand, and added, quote, they saw the horribleness. Trump added, quote, You have murderers and drug addicts. They don't get nine years, adding, quote, nobody can even define what he did. Trump added prosecutors, quote, ought to apologize to people, quote, whose lives they've ruined. On Wednesday, Washington Post reported a week after his acquittal, Trump is seeking to bend the executive branch as part of his impeachment vendetta against those he feels betrayed him. According to his aides and allies, Trump feels increasingly comfortable doing whatever he pleases to the point of feeling untouchable and punishing his enemies and protecting his friends. Top aides say Trump has, has, to, has been told not to speak out on legal matters because DOJ officials could fear his wrath. But he responds, quote, I have a right to say whatever I want. And they say, quote, he knows exactly what he's doing. Former chief strategist Stephen Bannon said Trump, quote, is mad and he should be mad. Democrats and the media wasted three years of our nation's time. Now he understands how to use the full powers of the presidency. On Wednesday, Senator Lisa Murkowski, one of the Republicans who expressed hope last week, 
that Trump had learned his lesson, said, quote, there haven't been very strong indicators this week that he has. No kidding. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported, after Stone's case, career prosecutors around the country are concerned about what comes next and whether they will face more pressure from Trump. Reportedly, Timothy Shea had encouraged prosecutors in the Stone case to use their discretion to deviate from guidelines and lower the sentencing, but acquiesced after three of the four prosecutors threatened to quit. Then on Tuesday, Barr and the Deputy Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen overruled him. Prosecutors in the office were skeptical that senior DOJ officials were not adequately warned about the recommendation. On Wednesday, CNN reported Jessie Liu submitted her resignation to the Treasury Department after Barr moved her out of her role, again, as the head of the U.S. Attorney General in D.C., and Trump pulled her nomination. On Tuesday, another news, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell Powell warned the House Foreign Services Committee that the coronavirus epidemic, quote, could lead to disruptions in China that spill over to the rest of the economy. On Tuesday, Just Security reported new partially rejected versions of the OMB emails first received on January 22nd shed further light on the standoff between OMB and the Pentagon over Ukraine aid. The emails revealed that the OMB, including the General Counsel's Office, was fully aware of the Pentagon's concern, but took steps to bury them and that OMB misled or lied to the Government Accountability Office. The emails also revealed OMB and Pentagon officials fielded multiple requests from lawmakers in early August and strategized about ways to ignore them or put them off. Later Tuesday, Trump told reporters the U.S. military will look into taking disciplinary action against Alexander Vindman, saying, quote, if you look at what happened, they're going to certainly, I would imagine, take a look at that. Trump added, it was, quote, going to be up to the military, and said how Vindman characterized his 20, July 25th call, quote, I think what he did was reported a false call. On Wednesday, when asked by reporters traveling with him to NATO meetings in Brussels, Defense Secretary Mark Esper said, quote, I have not seen that news, adding, I would just refer your questions to the U.S. Army. On Wednesday, the Daily Beast reported Vindman is not under Army investigation for now, despite Trump's suggestions, citing Vindman did not commit a professional infraction by testifying. However, another official noted that the military's up or out culture, Vindman's career may not be safe. Being denied his next promotion could spell the end of his military career. On Thursday, The Atlantic reported on a 75-minute speech by former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly to students and guests at Drew University in New Jersey on Wednesday evening. Kelly defended Alexander Vindman for following his military training and reporting concerns, saying he, quote, did exactly what we teach them to do from cradle to grave. Adding, quote, he went and told his boss just what he heard. Kelly also said Vindman was right to report the call because it signaled a major shift in U.S. policy towards Ukraine akin to hearing a, quote, illegal order. Adding, quote, we teach them don't follow an illegal order. Kelly also criticized Trump for attacking the media, saying, quote, the media, and I feel very strongly about this, is not the enemy of of the people. Adding, quote, if you only watch Fox News, you are not an informed citizen. Kelly questioned Trump's summits with North Korea's Kim Jong-un, saying Kim, quote, will never give up his nuclear weapons. Adding, quote, I never did think Kim would do anything other than play us 
he did that fairly effectively. Kelly said of Trump rolling back disciplinary action against Chief Petty Officer Edward Gallagher, quote, the idea that the commander-in-chief intervened there, in my opinion, was exactly the wrong thing to do. Kelly said he also disagreed with how Trump characterized immigrants, saying, quote, they're overwhelmingly good people, and, quote, they're not all rapists, and they're not all murderers. It's wrong to characterize them that way. Shortly after, Trump attacked Kelly, tweeting, quote, when I terminated John Kelly, which I couldn't do fast enough, <laughs> he knew full well that he was in way over his head. Being chief of staff just wasn't for him. Trump said of Kelly, quote, he came in with a bang, went out with a whimper. But like so many exes, he missed the action and just can't keep his mouth shut, which he actually has a military and legal obligation to do. Trump added, quote, his incredible wife, Karen, who I have a lot of respect for, once pulled me aside and said strongly that John respects you greatly. When we are no longer here, he will only speak well of you, adding wrong. Trump also tweeted on Thursday, quote, now it looks like the four person in the jury in the Roger Stone case had significant bias, citing a segment on Fox and Friends, adding, quote, not looking good for the Justice Department, and he put justice in quotes. Trump also said, also quoted Fox News host Sean Hannity tweeting, quote, Devin, which he misspelled, Nunes predicted that more examples of Mueller's misconduct will be revealed in coming weeks. On Thursday, in a radio interview with Geraldo Rivera, Trump said he may no longer allow national security and foreign service staff to listen into his calls with foreign leaders after complaining about Vindman. When asked by Rivera why he allowed it, Trump responded, quote, well, that's the way they've done it over the years. Adding, quote, when you call a foreign leader, people listen. I may end the practice entirely. I may end it entirely. Trump also said, quote, I'm not a fan of Vindman, calling him, quote, very insubordinate and adding, quote, Vindman was the guy that when we took him out of the building, the whole building applauded. Uh, again, something he said about Comey leaving the FBI, which turned out not to be true. We can assure, assume that that was also not true of Vindman. Trump also admitted he personally sent Giuliani to Ukraine, despite his past public denials of doing so. When asked if he was sorry he sent him, Trump said, quote, not at all, and praised Giuliani's role as a, quote, crime fighter. Trump added, when you ask, quote, why did I use Rudy? And one of the things I one of the things about Rudy, number one, he was the best prosecutor, you know, one of the best prosecutors and the best mayor. Trump added, quote, but also other presidents had them. FDR had a lawyer who was practically, you know, was totally involved with government. Eisenhower had a lawyer. They all had lawyers. Again, this is not this is apples and oranges. Sending someone to elicit foreign help is unprecedented. When asked about the four prosecutors who resigned in the Stone case, Trump said, quote, I don't think they quit the case. I think what they do is they felt they got caught. I don't think they quit for moral reasons. On Thursday, the New York Times reported Hope Hicks will return to the White House in a new role as counselor to the president, in which she will help Jared Kushner with projects overseas and also help with the re-election campaign. On Thursday, Trump also rehired former Chief of Staff Reince Priestess and former Press Secretary Sean Spicer three years after the two were either fired or pushed out to join the President's Commission on White House Fellowship. So again, Trump isn't able to bring in fresh blood. He's rehashing old folks and bringing them back in. On Thursday, at her weekly news conference, Pelosi slammed Trump's stone intervention, calling it a, quote, abuse of power. 
and saying he, quote, is again trying to manipulate federal law enforcement to serve his political interest. Pelosi added, quote, this is not what America is about. I would hope that Republicans who respect the rule of law, and I hope most of them do, except for the aberration in the White House, would speak out on this. On Thursday, Politico reported top lawyers on the House Intelligence Committee, Daniel Goldman, said a decision on whether to subpoena John Bolton will likely come in the next couple of weeks. And this was the other storyline, which again, this is all happening out in the light of day. On Thursday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and Trump traded barbs ahead of a scheduled meeting at the White House to discuss Trump's Department of Homeland Security revoking global entry immigration for New York residents. That happened last week after the after Trump was acquitted. Ahead of the meeting, Cuomo told MSNBC, quote, I have no problem with them looking at the database for trusted traveler program people, but that's not what it's about, saying it's all about retaliation. Shortly after, Trump responded, tweeting, quote, national security far exceeds politics and said, quote, New York must stop all of its unnecessarily lawsuits and harassment, start cleaning itself up and lowering taxes. New York prosecutors are investigating whether Trump and his businesses lied to insurance companies and broke the law. Trump also tweeted, build relationships, but don't bring Fredo, referring to Cuomo's brother, Chris. Politico reported Cuomo and Trump ended the meeting without resolution. New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a lawsuit Monday saying the restrictions were only due to, quote, political retribution. So essentially, Trump called Cuomo to the White House and was basically offering to reinstate New York into the Global Traveler Program so long as they dropped investigations of him. Another quid pro quo out there in the light of day. On Thursday, in an after, so this is all happening on Thursday. <laughs> Whoa, this week, like every week. On Thursday, in an afternoon interview with ABC News, and that's the photo for this week's list, Attorney General Barr pushed back on Trump, saying, quote, I'm not going to be bullied or influenced by anybody, as questions of the DOJ's independence continued. In an unusual public rebuke from a cabinet member, Barr added, quote, I think it's time to stop the tweeting about Department of Justice criminal cases about the department, the people serving, and the cases. Trump also said public, Trump's public statements, quote, make it impossible for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors and the department that we're doing our work with integrity. Barr insisted he had planned to modify Stone's sentencing recommendation prior to Trump sending his tweet, but that Trump's comments made the department look bad. CNN reported Barr spoke to Trump privately before he... Uh, did the interview to express his frustration and that after he recorded it and before it aired, the DOJ informed the White House of what Barr had said. Washington Post reported, according to people close with Barr, he has become increasingly frustrated with Trump's tweets about the DOJ, which have fostered doubt about the department's independence. Also behind the fight is a deeper tension between Trump and Barr's DOJ over criminal charges that have not been brought against Comey, McCabe, Page and struck. Shortly after, Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham said Trump, quote, has a right, just like any American citizen, to publicly offer his opinions, adding, quote, he uses social media very effectively to fight for the American people against injustices. On Thursday, again, we're not done. 
Chief U.S. Justice District Judge Beryl Hull issued a rare statement in response to Trump's public attacks against Justice Amy Berman Jackson, saying, quote, public criticism or pressure is not a factor. Hull said judges in this court, quote, base their sentencing decision on careful consideration of the actual record in the case before them and applicable sentencing guidelines and their own judgment and experience. On Thursday, in a joint statement, 41 elected prosecutors condemned Barr's recent rhetoric that attacked progressive policies, calling his approach to criminal justice, quote, dangerous and failed. The prosecutors argued his approach disproportionately punished poor people and racial minorities, arguing he is trying to bring us back to a time when, quote, fear-driven narratives prevailed. On Thursday, the Senate passed a resolution 55 to 45 to limit Trump's power to order military action against Iran without first seeking congressional approval. Eight Republicans joined Democrats. On Friday, Trump attacked Senator Joe Manchin after the senator appeared on Fox News, tweeting he was, quote, very surprised and disappointed and that he, quote, voted against me on the Democrats' totally partisan impeachment hoax. Trump added, quote, every Republican senator except Romney, many highly religious people, all very smart, voted against the impeachment hoax. And he called Manchin a, quote, puppet for Schumer and Pelosi. On Friday, Trump continued his battle with William Barr, tweeting a quote from his ABC interview saying Trump did not ask him to do anything and then adding, quote, this doesn't mean that I do not have, as president, the legal right to do so. Trump added, quote, I have so far chosen not to. Trump shortly after tweeted in capital letters, drain the swamp, and then we want bad people out of the government. Shortly after, the DOJ revealed it would not charge Andrew McCabe with lying to investigators about the media disclosure years ago. The Washington Post reported Trump was not told about the McCabe decision in advance and was upset. McCabe's attorney said, quote, we learned this morning through a phone call from the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office that the Justice Department criminal investigation of Andrew McCabe has been closed. It was unclear why charges that McCabe, quote, lacked candor, including under oath on multiple occasions, were suddenly dropped and no explanation was given. The Post reported that White House lawyers, including Pat Cipollone, tried to calm Trump down. One official said Trump, quote, believes very strongly that action should be taken. Aides advised him not to comment over the weekend. You know how all that will go. On Friday, McCabe told CNN, quote, I don't think I'll ever be free of this president and his maniacal rage that he's directed towards me and my wife since October 2016 for absolutely no reason whatsoever. McCabe said he expected more retaliation, saying, quote, he's made it pretty clear in the way he's conducting himself over the last week that he's on a, quote, tour of retaliation against everyone who had anything to do with his impeachment inquiry. On Friday, the New York Times reported Barr assigned an outside prosecutor to review the case against former Trump advisor Flynn. The review is highly unusual and could trigger further accusations of political interference. Barr has also assigned a handful of outside DOJ prosecutors to review the handling by career prosecutors of other politically sensitive national security cases in the U.S. Attorney's John Earl's office in D.C. Over the past two weeks, the outside prosecutors have grilled career prosecutors on investigative stamps, prosecutorial actions, and why they took them. The move comes as Barr also maneuvered to remove Jesse Liu, who we talked about, who resigned this week. 
On Friday, Politico reported, and this was like a big story that got no attention. It was just, this is, you know, Russia all over again and nobody paying attention in the chaos. On Friday, Politico reported Secretary of State Mike Pompeo met Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov on the sidelines of the annual Munich Security Council conference for a meeting that the Trump regime tried to hide. The State Department did not announce the meeting, which took place in Lavrov's own dedicated meeting room at the Hotel Bayerischhof. Russian journalists traveling were alerted and wrote about it afterward. Lavrov's spokesperson, Maria Zekovara, posted a photo of the two on Facebook and wrote that Pompeo had said, quote, good luck to those gathered in the hallways, adding that those who heard it in the hallway gasped. Asked about the meeting with Politico, by Politico, the State Department said, quote, there had been a pull aside with Lavrov but gave no further details. It was not clear why the State Department did not disclose the meeting or its contents. On Friday, a memo made public by the House Foreign Affairs Committee regarding the killing of Kwasam Soleimani made no mention of an imminent threat, the rationale used by Trump to justify that attack that almost brought us to war. Committee Chair Elliot Engel said the report, quote, directly contradicts Trump's, quote, false assertions. He attacked Iran to prevent an imminent attack, calling Trump's explanation to the American people, quote, false, plain and simple. On Friday, the Washington Post reported federal prosecutors are continuing to investigate Giuliani and his two associates, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, including interviewing a new witness last week. Parallel developments within the DOJ, meaning one part of the department, the SDNY, is scrutinizing Giuliani's activities, while another is setting up an intake process from Giuliani for information gathered in Ukraine about the Bidens. On Friday, the Washington Post reported in a sealed motion, Stone's attorney asked for a new trial, one day after Trump tweeted the foreman had, quote, significant bias. The basis for the motion was not known. Trump's tweet was referencing Tamika Hart, a former president of the Memphis City Schools Boards of Commissioners, who said on Facebook, she, quote, can't keep quiet any longer after the DOJ reduced its sentencing request. Hart wrote in her post, quote, it pains me to see the DOJ now interfere with the hard work of the prosecutors, adding, quote, they acted with the utmost intelligence, integrity, and respect for our system of justice. On Friday, Pelosi appointed Shanna Devine to lead the newly established Office of the Whistleblower Ombudsman. The position was established as part of the House Rules Package passed in January. On Friday, Michael Avenetti, the former attorney for Stormy Daniels, over hush money payments from Trump, and a ferocious critic of Trump who flirted with running for president, was found guilty of trying to extort Nike. On Friday, Fox Business reported that Trump may take a victory lap at the Daytona 500 in his presidential limousine. NASCAR named Trump the Grand Marshal of the Daytona 500 the first time for a president to do so. On Saturday, Trump quoted a New York Times story tweeting, quote, Ralph Waldo Emerson seemed to foresee the lesson of the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump. When you strike a king, Emerson famously said, you must kill him. Again, this is Trump tweeting a New York Times story from a couple weeks ago. Trump added, Trump's foes struck at him but did not take him down. Triumphant Trump emerges from the biggest test of his presidency, emboldened, ready to claim exoneration and take his case. Um, in, in addition to asserting himself as king in the tweets, Trump added to the article by the Times' Peter Barker, the greatest witch hunt in American history.
Trump also attacked McCabe, quoting Fox News host Laura Ingram, saying, quote, IG report on Andrew McCabe misled investigators over role in new media disclosure, adding IG recommended McCabe's firing. On Saturday, CNN reported Barr's action have sparked unease among prosecutors, including ordering U.S. attorneys' offices to participate in what are perceived as politically charged actions. The DOJ ordered prosecutors to hold news conferences, make public statements, and use social media to promote Barr's efforts to crack down on sanctuary cities, but later backed off on the demand. The DOJ also instructed federal prosecutors to write op-eds, pushing for the passage of pending legislation on fentanyl. In the past, prosecutors have been instructed not to comment on public pending investigations. Prosecutors in Manhattan who handle high-profile cases, including foreign government and the likes of Giuliani and his associates and Michael Cohen, are also concerned about interference by Barr, Prosecutors say some clients have expressed concern that cooperating with investigators out of fear the DOJ could properly, improperly interfere and put them in jeopardy. <sighs> Our democracy is on life support, folks. Stay tuned, stay involved, stay on track of what's going on, uh, and stay very active. 2020 is the year we have to be it's our last chance, our last gasp of taking back our democracy. Everyone needs to be informed and get engaged and involved. Until next week, have a good one.